hi guys and welcome back to another episode of The Zone Meets. Really excited today to be joined by a great friend of mine, a great friend of the Zone business, the chairman of Matchroom Sport, the one and only Eddie Hearn. We've got so much to talk about with Eddie today. The state of boxing, there's loads of things flying around in boxing at the moment, what Eddie thinks about all of them. The rise of celebrity boxing, the five years of partnership between the Zone and Matchroom at the heart of the global boxing scene. And of course, we're recording this in advance of uh, AJ Franklin, the Zone's first uh, AJ broadcast uh, here in the UK. So, in advance of that, talking to Eddie about what it means for AJ, what it means for Matchroom, what it means for the Zone. So, plenty of things to get into with, with Eddie. Really looking forward to the conversation and hope everyone enjoys it. Well, good morning, the Zone. Uh, thank you for, for being with us again. I have to say, I was expecting a slightly smaller crowd than we had for AJ, but I think. We might actually be right on on the same uh, on the same numbers. Well, Eddie, I hope so too. That's a that's a comp. It's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. It might be you. You know. Well, there's a common denominator, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Eddie, welcome. Um, this is a one of our early Dzone Meets episodes, our new podcast. So we are going to be going out live, but also a great opportunity for you to um, say hello. Obviously, in a busy week for you to the Dzone UK staff. We're also broadcasting around the world to our offices uh, in various corners of the world. There's lots we want to talk about. There's lots of questions that can be coming into me on on WhatsApp as, as we go. Uh, but obviously, before we get into the busyness of this week and the return of AJ and AJ being on Zone UK for the first time, it's also five years since we started working together uh, in boxing. Clearly, Matchman Perform and Zone have worked together for 15, 20 years now uh, almost. But in boxing, in the way that we uh, work together now, five years reflecting on that from our early days in the, the old office in New York and, and here in London. How do you see it? How do you see our progress as a partnership? How do you see the progress of DAZN as a boxing broadcaster? Hear your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, our growth as a business through Matchroom has, has been hand in hand with DAZN and the growth of, of their platform in boxing. I think we've learned so much and genuinely feel that now we're in a fantastic position I think the US is a great example where we went in quite gun ho all of us. Yeah, quiet. Yeah. It was like, Eddie, nice and calm. Just just, just tell people we're going to quietly come into the market. And I uh, got a bit carried away. You know, the first press conference, we're going to put everyone out of business. You kept, we're gonna... you kept talking about a billion dollars. Yeah, I thought it was a good number. I thought, it's like, you know, I think that sounds great, doesn't it? And um, we had to make an impact in America. you got you got to remember that. The zone was, you know, in America, a standing start in the U.S. market. All of a sudden, a new way of viewing boxing appears out of nowhere. People couldn't even pronounce the name. And, you know, for every campaign we ran of Dizen and B-A-Z-N and Michael Buffer and, you know, the job that the team have done, the job that Matram have done to honestly create, and, and I'm biased, unquestionably biased or not, the best platform for the sport of boxing globally in every country that we operate. We get stick because we are number one. But when you actually think logically about the content and about the way that it's consumed via the platform, it is so unique in terms of the product. And if you look at the US market, we have developed a, a fantastic position in that market now with you know significant subscriber base, with, with, I think, you know, a very positive churn rate, a loyal customer base as well that says, I'm happy with the product. I'm getting value for money. The acquisition of Canelo Alvarez and that that kind of reacquisition has been very important to that. 
but the US business for boxing is in a fantastic position. UK, again, we made a big move from Sky Sports. They fought back. It's great for the sport of boxing, but it's good because we want competition. And, you know, it's great for fighters. It's great for the sport. And now, having been, what, coming up to two years in the UK market, we're in a fantastic position with this Saturday, Anthony Joshua on the platform that's going to do huge business for you. And it's going to be a major milestone. Hasn't been without dramas and, and problems. And, you know, you, you will sometimes have a moan at me about boxing and you've kind of ridden the wave and you just... Well, you've aged remarkably in the last five years. A lot of people though. say that. Remarkably or remarkably well? Well, it's a debatable point. Yeah, isn't yeah it? it is. Yeah. But boxing's a horrible business. I mean, because you just, you have no control. You know, you have a massive fight. It's going to drive hundreds of thousands of subscriptions and then it falls apart a week before the fight. You know, you've spent your marketing budget, you know, we've invested in the cost of the event. But when you get it right, as we saw with Canelo Alvarez against Billy Joe Saunders at Dallas Cowboys and coming up in Guadalajara and AJ on Saturday, for me, there's nothing like it. And I think you, know, you have to remember the mar a lot of markets that you've entered have been done purely on boxing. I know there's been additional sports that have joined in tow, but boxing is the front runner and that's unique in itself. And you talk about the state of boxing and how hard it is as an industry to work in and how challenging it can be. We talk a lot about the differences between the business culture of the US in sport generally, but particularly in boxing versus the UK. As originally a British company moving with us into the US, how have you found that cultural difference? With I think sometimes people think it's very, very similar as a business culture and a culture more generally. There are nuances and differences to how you do business over there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think as well, when you're talking about live events, you're operating state to state and every market is different. You know, how you promote a fight at Madison Square Garden is completely different to how you might promote a fight in San Diego or San Antonio or, or Los Angeles. So understanding the position of boxing in the sports market in the US has been quite challenging but I feel like we're there now obviously you know we have a we have a huge Hispanic uh, subscriber base through Canelo Alvarez and a number of big Mexican champions that are that are on the platform and we've just learned the position of boxing it's very different to the UK you know in the US it's so competitive not just you know the the American sports but the college system even sits above that UFC etc so boxing's down the pecking order but it's historical and also is, is still a major sport. In the UK, boxing is, you know, is definitely up there in the top five, maybe even higher. So, um, yeah, learning the different markets has, has been um, interesting. Of course, in America, used to a very different price point. You know, you're used to $100 pay-per-view nights and $70, $80 pay-per-view nights. So the subscription level where DAZN particularly entered the market was great value for boxing customers and sports customers. In the UK, I'd get lynched if we were $70 for a pay-per-view night. And, you know, the value is different. But if you're a boxing fan, there, there, is, there is no service like it. And have you seen, as we've gone in the five years, and obviously with our entry, which was a bit brash and probably rubbed some people up in this industry the wrong way, how are you finding operating with other players in boxing? Things like Garcia Tank starting to happen, which is a cross-collaboration between five or six different entities in boxing. There are always challenges. Are you seeing things thaw out for the good of the sport or are you finding that challenging still? I think, yeah, you know, over the years, sort of the ego, you get a bit older and you, you sort of start. Well, and flows a little bit. Yeah, it depends what day it is. But um, I think that it's, you know, you have to understand relationships are key. But the truth is 
that when the fighters want the fight and when a fight makes money and when it's good business, a deal will get done. And, and you know, you guys did a great job with Ryan Garcia against Javonta Davis. I don't think they really wanted to do that deal with you guys. But ultimately, they got to a position. They're like, one, we need to do this fight. Both fighters want the fight. It does great business for us. So let's find a way to make it happen. And, and a, a, a historical problem with boxing is that the big fights don't happen, sometimes because of politics between promoters, sometimes between you know, cross-promotional or, or broadcast platform rivalries. And that's, that's going to hurt the sport. It's nothing new. It's been going on for years. But every now and again, like Tank against Garcia, a big fight will arrive and you'll realise just how big boxing is and how big it can be when it's done right. Yeah. On the US, obviously, we'll, we'll get to AJ in the big UK sort of launch this week. How are you feeling about Canelo Alvarez made a sixth? Obviously, a US-focused fight, but obviously being staged in his home state of Guadalajara, Mexico. Obviously, a huge pay-per-view star, a big moment for him going home. How are you feeling? How's he feeling about all of that? Yeah, we was out for the press conference in Guadalajara last week and, and San Diego. Um, the best way to describe it is Canelo Alvarez has taken a 50% pay cut to do the fight in his hometown, which is very unique in boxing. And we appreciate that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you paid less, so you must be happy. But, but um, you know, he's fighting John Ryder, his mandatory challenger from Britain as well, which is great for the UK product as well. Um, he's coming back from hand surgery. He's been on an unbelievable run, you know, and people love to criticise Canelo Alvarez because he's, he's, you know, commercially the king of boxing. He, he fought uh, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, Caleb Plant, Dmitry Bivol, Gennady Golovkin. That's his run of fights. It's unbelievable. Now he has to fight his mandatory. He's doing it in front of what will be close to 60,000 in his hometown. And it's a great story. You know, Canelo Alvarez used to sell ice pops on the streets of Guadalajara. And he wanted to bring an event home to his people. And at the presser, it was, you know, was, his family was there and his nan was there. And I, I think he was genuinely um, overwhelmed to be able to bring this fight back to his people. And, you know, following this, I think we'll see the Dimitri Bivol rematch in Las Vegas. So Canelo's been massive for Matchroom and, and, and for Dazone. I mean, whatever way you want to look at it, there's, you know, there's no one quite like him in terms of his draw, his attraction, um, and the challenges he's prepared to take. Yeah. A king of boxing, obviously, Canelo, a pay-per-view king in the US. Another king, the Gypsy King, Tyson hmm. Fury. Been in the headlines a lot recently. State of boxing, Tyson Fury in the U6 situation, what that means for AJ. What do you think it shows about the sport? Well, I think people people say, oh, you know, all this rubbish is back and forth. But I kind of put a different take on it. I mean... The headlines that it's creating, the noise that it's generating around boxing, although we haven't got the fight yet, it makes boxing so topical. I mean, you always see when we were at Sky, they always used to talk to us about the digital space and and the news and and the the noise that boxing would create across Sky Sports uh, News, you know, .com and other platforms, and it was right up there behind Premier League football. So the noise that boxing can create, the debate who's right, who's wrong, is great. But we need the end product as well at the end. Tyson Fury is, or has been, a master of manipulation. You know, he's a man after my own heart. Um, and he's kind of not come unstuck on this one, but I think a few people starting to say, you know, you talked about common denominator. 
early, early. And, and that's the same with Tyson Fury. So great fighter, great story, but wants an edge and wants to be in fights he, he's very confident in. And I don't think he's very confident about fighting Alexander Usyk. So for me, I think it opens the door to the Anthony Joshua fight. Everything's about timing. And if AJ wins on Saturday night, all of a sudden he doesn't have a confirmed opponent. Tyson Fury doesn't have a confirmed opponent. There's no mandatories due. There's no politics. You're going to get a lot of heat from the British public if AJ looks good on Saturday to make that fight. And I expect an email from you Monday morning with a price tag against that fight. If we yeah. can make and it you work. telling me it's not that big, so we can't pay that much. Yeah. We, dan we dance the dance talking. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, celebrity fighting, we're big into it, as you know, the Zone X series. We together, uh, maybe the wrong phrase, gave birth to this level of, of celebrity fighting with KSI, Logan Paul too. I maintain the view that was the most fun I've ever had at work that, that fight week. Uh, huge sort of internet stopping moment back in November 2019. Um, as you look at it, you've, you've, you've taken a step back personally and match aren't as involved in crossover fighting as uh, you once were. What do you think of that whole scene, the KSIs, the Jake Pauls? What do you think it means for boxing and, and well, for the embracing of new fans? I like it because I like the direction it's taken, which is just farcical now. You know, in all honesty, like, you know, I did something that was so unusual, which was step back from a money-making opportunity because I just didn't feel... That is very unlikely. It actually. was. It still makes me feel a little bit sick, but... Genuinely, it didn't. I'm so invested in, in the sport of boxing emotionally and mentally. Like, it's been such a huge part of my life for years and years that when we did KSI Logan Paul, which was amazing, numbers, you know, we was in a staple centre. I was sitting next to Justin Bieber. I think you got kicked out of your normal seat. You were him. sitting next to the fake Ed Sheeran as that well. That was a great story. Yeah. I just got to tell that story really it's quick, if you don't story. mind. So I'm sitting there. I've got Justin Bieber here. I've got all these other rappers. They tell me a massive I've never heard of. And all of a sudden, Staples Centre erupts. And I look over, and it's Ed Sheeran in a beanie hat sort of walking through. And he's and everyone, Ed, Ed, Ed. And he's walked to the back of the floor and taken his seat. So I've said to my security, I went, wait, don't get Ed Sheeran. Get him up here now. <laughs> so he's like, okay, okay. So they go up there, get Ed Sheeran up. He's getting mobbed by people. Anyway, takes a seat. One row, actually same row as me, like seven seats down. You were sitting next to me. And I was like, Ed, how you doing, mate? How you doing? He's like, yeah, yeah, good. I went, is that definitely Ed Sheeran? Right. And Joe's like, yeah, 100 It's no, not what happens. No. That's not what happens. But go on. Yeah, that didn't be, my story's much better. Right. <laughs> and Joe's like, or one of us was like, no, I don't, no, I don't think it is. Said, no, of course it is. So then all of a sudden, we went on the internet. And Ed Sheeran's touring in Japan, right, at the time. And it was his look, it was an actual official lookalike, right? And I'm going, and he's going, right. he actually gave an interview to DAZN on the red carpet as Ed Sheeran. And even the, yeah. And then in the end, I was like, I can't believe this. And then I said to the security, come on, get that fucker up. <laughs> now. I went, you've had your time, off you go. And he was like, okay, fair enough. And then, yeah. The best bit about that story is that, it was the same time as the Rugby World Cup in Japan. And that night, the reason we learned that Ed Sheeran was in Japan was because John Gleisier, one of our founders, did karaoke in a karaoke bar with uh, the real Ed Sheeran <laughs> yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. So well, Maybe that was the yeah, point. Maybe. Who knows? But that night was was amazing. And I just, but 
I, I never really felt the passion inside me through the whole event. And I said, I won't do any more YouTube boxing. What's happened with the X series is they have gone, and I say farcical, but they've, they've detached themselves so far from real boxing with the tag team stuff and stuff like that, which I love. That I, I, I don't mind where it sits because they're not trying to be professional boxing. And, and people talk about, oh, we don't compare. Not, no, it's nothing to do with it. That's a celebrity format that drives numbers and creates interest from a certain demographic. I also feel that you know, my passion, which is grassroots boxing and what boxing can do in the community, that can help the younger generation get into boxing because you know they might not be inspired by a British and European champion, but they would be inspired by KSI or one of those guys who are taking it seriously, who are doing the hard training, who are improving. So I think it was a great acquisition for DAZN. I mean, you get a lot of criticism from bo hardcore boxing fans, but as long as we speak to that audience and let them know what it is, and I think you know it's good that you've also got me that can say to the hardcore audience, guys, don't worry. It sits on the platform. If you want to watch it or your kids want to watch it or whatever, it's great entertainment, but it's not what we do. Something I've always thought that Matchroom and DAZN share philosophically is sport being entertainment. And this is an entertainment-led format, right, to your point. So the tag teams, the mystery opponent reveal, the, the two fights in one night. Do you think sport more generally, and you've got young kids, teenage girls, mm. young girls, as they evolve and they become adults do you feel that that generation need to have sport presented to them in a different way to perhaps me and you did growing up where it was a bit simpler and we had less entertainment options yeah i think viewing in general i mean their attention span is extremely limited they want fast-paced content and you've seen that in the, the change of structure across sports you know you particularly got the greatest example of those is 2020 cricket which is which is old school now but that was the start of sports having to realise that formats need to change to engage that younger audience. So for me, I think it's more about characters, personalities, um, storylines, narratives. And no one does it better in terms of content and engaging with their audience than that world. You know, KSI, um, Salt Pappy, I mean, all, all your favourites. Um, and but that, that's what's what they do amazing. And, you know, my daughter will say, oh, KSI's fighting tonight. And, you know, the difference is you go to those live events, it's a much younger audience and the atmosphere is different, but they're in their seats from 6 p.m. and they leave at 10 p.m. They watch every single fight. And yes, it's not quite as, um, you know, th th there isn't quite the energy of a huge world championship professional fight, but that only comes for the main event. So anything that can educate, I would love to see actually a way to make sure that we, you know, we use our ability and our interaction to educate those people that are coming in through X series to show them how great the sport actually is. And maybe they say, oh, I like boxing. I'm going to watch, you know, Anthony Joshua. I'm going to watch Katie Taylor. I'm going to watch Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. And you're interesting, the data now, the likes of Overtime in the US, who are a major partner of ours now, we're about to launch a new boxing series with them, youth-focused social content brand. They're saying after they launched their football business, their American football business uh, and their basketball business, the fastest growing sport amongst their demographic, which is under 25 year old US kids, is boxing. And I, I think you this years ago. Yeah. yeah. Believe me. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. the X series, yeah. but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it. Yeah. 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 Um, the one well, we don't do. The one you don't do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so pivoting into this week back into real boxing, 
proper real boxing with Anthony Joshua. Huge week for him, huge week for Matchroom, and obviously a huge week for the Zone UK. A new dawn we've built it as, a new broadcast partnership, uh, a new stage of his career. You feel, I know we've discussed this a lot, he's one decent performance, one knockout away from being right at the, at the back at the top of the rankings in that Tyson Fury fight. How do you see him approaching it? How do you see the week playing out and the fight playing out? What, what excites you about well, it? Well, I think the amazing thing about boxing and particularly heavyweight boxing, and you said it right, he's one punch away, one performance away from fighting Tyson Fury. He's also one punch away, one performance away from potentially his career being over. And that's what's on the line this Saturday. You know, you start off, he's boxed Alexander Usyk twice. You know, what last one was a really good close fight. Everyone says, you know, what's AJ got left? Now you step down a level to fight Jermaine Franklin, who's a very good American fighter. And it's like, if he doesn't win, is it over? I mean, it's 10 years this year that we signed him. Seven years since he boxed at the O2. He has completely revolutionized the sport. You know, he's been an amazing ambassador. He's inspired the next generation. He's, he's increased participation at grassroots level. He's given elite fighters the opportunity to fill stadiums and, and make millions of dollars. Broaden the demographic of who watches boxing. Yeah. Massive. And, and, but it, it comes down to Saturday. And it's like all of a sudden, it's squeaky bum time. You know, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. And I'm really nervous because this Jermaine Franklin turns up. He's lost 24 pounds. He's now got a six pack. You know, in his last fight, he had a bit of a belly over his shorts. And he's well, like, like you in that regard this year, actually. Well, I was going to come on to that, but thank you. Yeah, but men's columnist, that men's health G columnist. Is it GQ? Well, that done some GQ stuff, but men's health columnist will be announced next week. Yeah, so, um, but on a serious note, you know, everyone raises their game when they fight Anthony Joshua. And I just, I just hope that he puts in the performance he deserves. Took himself to Dallas. You know, he's, for years, he's been fighting out of the English Institute of Sport, which is like the home of the Olympics in Sheffield. He's like God there. And he never wanted to be, but it was almost like red carpet every time he walked through the doors. This time, he got a new trainer in Derek James, who was trainer of the year in Dallas. Very small, humble gym and just worked really hard, really hard. And you know what? He's, he's the nicest bloke you could ever meet. But that's completely irrelevant in a fight. We want to see the nastiest bloke you've ever met on Saturday night. And for DAZN, you know, this is his first fight in seven years that hasn't been a world championship fight. It's 12 fights or something like that, you know. And also his first fight that hasn't been on Sky. His first fight that isn't pay-per-view in seven years. And that's a big moment in terms of, I mean, the new dawn tagline is really more about the broadcast position and that deal and the changing in um you know in platform then i don't feel like it's a new dawn for anthony joshua's career necessarily but it's a must win you say it's not on sky a lot of people in the room today and in this office more generally worked very hard to deliver channel 429 to zone 1 hd on sky you were a big proponent and are seeking a distribution partnership like that like our virgin deal that we announced this week why do you feel beyond the obvious things why do you feel that's so important that the, that the heart of boxing in the uk for a long time has been sky sports yeah i think for us as a business the challenge when we left sky sports and obviously you've got sky sports and you've got the sky platform and all of aj's fights have been on sky sports when we left sky sports to join the zone you know the the sort of infiltration noise from the rivalry particularly sky sports to fighters is you know 
zone just doesn't hit the numbers. You know, it's not accessible enough. And you can talk about apps, you can talk about smart TVs, but it's just not on Sky. And that was that was kind of like the biggest stumbling block that we had when we were talking to fighters. And actually, you know, there, there is an argument to that, but the way that we're moving with the zone is app and streaming led. It's not necessarily to be sitting on the Sky platform like that, but we also acknowledge that it's a moving model in that respect. And there is a, a, a great demographic in boxing that is used to and has consistently watched our events and particularly Anthony Joshua events on Sky. So when you gave me the news that you can now watch the zone on Sky, channel 429, oh, it was a great day to, to go and do a press conference because we could tell the market, we could tell fighters, we could tell fans, because it was always, you know, I don't want to watch, you know, I don't want to watch on my, my phone. So I mean, you, you watch Netflix on your phone. No, but I like to watch it on Sky. And, and of course, now, after just giving a, a video of ways to watch, the addition of being able to watch DAZN in pubs, in clubs, in bars and hotels, that's huge as well. Because people like to go and watch Anthony Joshua fights in the pub. And DAZN hasn't been able to deliver that. Now, I know people who own chains of pubs say, I really want to get this, you know, in, in our premises. And now they can. So the addition of Skybox, Virgin Box, private and commercial premises, I mean, that that is huge for you guys. And not just huge in terms of reach for viewership, but huge in terms of noise. You know, we always talk about what boxing does in terms of profile and publicity for zone. There's more noise for boxing, isn't there, than there is really for any other sport. And, and I, th I feel like now with the way that we can reach out to the customer and tell them ways to watch. The Sky deal was was fantastic and, and obviously in just in time for your biggest moment in the UK. It is a huge moment. Uh, obviously really important. We also back it up with a solid schedule into the spring and the summer uh, of big fights to retain hopefully the hundreds yeah. of thousands of new customers we drive this weekend. How are we tracking on, on schedule? Big fights in the UK and around the world um, in the next few months, what are you working yeah, on? Yeah, I, I really feel like um, over the last year, particularly, our teams, Matrim and, and DAZN, have worked very effectively on the schedule in terms of those key moments to, to draw, you know, keep retention and, and make sure that the, the churn numbers are, you know, at a minimum, but also give customers value for money and give them a schedule to look forward to. We also know that boxing is very difficult to plan further than three or four months ahead. But now, when you look at April, you know, and you look at April the 1st, Anthony Joshua against Jermaine Franklin, not on pay-per-view, part of your monthly design subscription. Next week, we're in San Antonio for Jesse Rodriguez to become a two-division world champion, huge American star. April 22nd, Joe Caldina, Rakimov, huge card there. Then you go into May, you've got Canelo Alvarez, May 6th, um, of course, you've got Tank Garcia, by the way, in April. Um, KSI, May 13th. KSI, May 13th. You've got Katie Taylor returning home to Dublin against Chantel Cameron, May the 20th. The value for DAZN subscribers is incredible. What we must continue to do is somehow allow fight fans to look ahead to June, July, especially when you talk about the monthly Sabre subscription. £9.99. It's an absolute steal in terms of content, especially when you're talking about um, Anthony Joshua, not part of your pay-per-view. Um, 
Good luck. I'm talking to the evolution. Yeah, yeah. The evolution of your ability to talk about to zone subscription mechanics like churn and KPIs and all that kind of stuff over the five years has been remarkable. I don't know what it means, but yeah. it's great words, you know. And uh, but I understand the model now. And and, and when I sell it, wait, I'm a salesman. You might you might that's my only ability. But when you believe in the product, it's just sales is a transfer of emotions. And I genuinely believe in this product. I think the value for money for fight fans is incredible. And when I read off the schedule and the cost of those schedules, having performed on Sky Sports for years for £19.99 pay-per-views consistently that we had to do above the cost of your subscription on Sky, this is the place to consume boxing. And, and when I look at the schedule, and, and that's just our stuff that I was reading off there, that doesn't include Misfits, that doesn't include Golden Boy, that doesn't include um, you know, all your other output deals that uh, and there's plenty of boxing on the platform so i think we're in a great place great place and people want value for money and i think in that respect we're second to none well, i hope you enjoyed that guys great to see eddie on on such form in, in prime eddie hearn form hope you enjoyed the episode we'll be back later this month i'll be hosting a zone meets conversation from sports pro live in london at the kia oval uh, with andrea radoziani uh, the founder of 11 uh, recent zone acquisition board member of DAZN and of course the chairman of Premier League side Leeds United. So plenty to discuss with Andrea, had an amazing career in sport and sports media. Looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing you all soon. Thank you.